0: God is up to something this morning church. I'm excited and expectant about what he is doing through his holy spirit in us. Anyone watch the royal wedding yesterday? <laughs> Fantastic. Reverend Curry. Bring it on. I love it. He got about 2 billion people and preached the gospel. All you need is love. As my dad said on the way in, the Beatles got there first with <laughs> all you need is love. But he preached an amazing message and it was a good day, wasn't it? So I pray that this message would speak to your heart today and God would just stir something in you this morning. So when I first passed my driving test, and for those of you that know me, took a few attempts and some. And then I passed my driving test and I was the person who wanted to drive everywhere. I had a Fiesta Popular 1.1 in baby blue. It was the bee's knees. It was my pride and joy. And anytime anybody wanted something from the shops that perhaps was two minutes away, I was like, I'll drive. I was the designated driver. I love driving this car. And I got used to my little car, it was my little baby. And I even uttered the words, it's quite nippy for a (laughs) 1.1. It was. I was on the motorway, 70, giving it some in my car. And this was my car for a good few years. And then Dan and I got married and into our marriage, I suddenly realized that he had a love of cars. And as the years went on in our marriage, the change of cars went on in our marriage. And Dan is into supercars. He likes sports cars. All you students, he drove you in the bus this morning, but secretly, Jeremy Clarkson (laughs) is driving you. He wants to drive it like a Ferrari and not the bus, so beware on the way home. But into our marriage, he'd come to me and say, oh, I think we should change the car, and I've got an idea of a new car, and he'd get all excited, a new car. (laughs) And one car he introduced me to was a TVR Cerbera 4.2-litre engine sports car, 0-60 in four seconds, 380 brake horsepower. This was a little bit different from a 1.1 Fiesta Popular, (laughs) as I discovered when he took me out for the test drive and you see what dan would do is i don't know if it was for his safety more than my safety he'd take me to some of the back roads and say right you have a go in the car now this is how you turn the engine on this was a push button start this was all new to me not my little fiesta and this is how you, you drive this car and he kept saying it's got a lot of power this car it's, it's a bit faster from you know what you're used to sarah so i like, okay so he did it so he's like right get it in first get get it ready to go Started to engage and stalled it. There was this roar. I was like, have you brought a lion? He's like, no, no, that's what, that's what the car does. It's, it's got its roar, 4.2-litre engine, 380 brake horsepower. It's going to go some girl. So so I gave it a go and failed miserably. He's like, I'll take you out on the A12. Oh, Lord. I had a little square handbag at the time. And all I did was put the handbag up in front of me and go, oh, Jesus, save me. It was so fast. And um, top speed's about 170. And... Confession now. I think Dan once drove it at 160. (laughs) Very naughtily, but he he confessed, and we've we've prayed for him over that. But it was a nippy car. It was amazing, and I got used to it eventually. And when I realised the power that was beneath that bonnet, when I knew what that car could do, I used to give it some... You know, at traffic lights, you'd go... and off you'd go I loved it secretly as well I didn't tell him that but but I, I knew what the power was. but all along Dan knew what the power was in this car I had to get used to it. it probably took me a good six months to realize that you could go at the traffic lights you could risk going over the roundabout when you've got that two seconds in that car not in my fiesta but he knew the power that was in there he knew how that car had been built and manufactured to do what it says it can do And the thing is, church, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. That we have the 4.2-litre, 380-brake horsepower engine raring to go in us. But my question is this morning, do we know that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, is in us and available to us? Are we living with that power as we would drive the 1.1 Fiesta? Are we like, yeah, well, we know it's there, but we'll just drive it around and we'll go on cruise control. Are we going to floor it? Are we going to put our foot down and are we going to say, actually, God, I believe what you, what your word says, who you are. I believe about the power of the Holy Spirit living and at work in me, that dunamis power, dunamis, dunamis, dynamite power that lives within you and I, that has the ability to bring about change, that we can see the miraculous. We are called to live naturally supernatural, church. And my question is today, are you going to get your engine ready to go more? Because there is some more today. There is that test of, yeah, this is going to do what it says it's going to do. And we can go for it when we release that dunamis power of the Holy Spirit that's in us. In the New Testament, over 120 times it mentions this power. Dunamis dynamite power effective and we are carrying that power of God into this world and I want to say today can we engage a little bit more with the Holy Spirit because the same measure of the Holy Spirit has given been given to each of us in the same measure but we might look at different people in our church or famous preachers or teachers and we think wow look at the Holy Spirit in that one but the only difference is, is they've engaged with the Holy Spirit. They have activated, they have put their foot on the acceleration. They've said, go, Spirit, go, and trust in God at his word. So I want to say today, engines ready, church. Yeah. Get fired up because there's more. You see, the glory of the latter church is going to be more than the glory of the former church. That we're going to see the more of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit when we engage with the Holy Spirit. And let him be released in us and through us. And so today is Pentecost. And we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a gift to receive. We celebrate the birth of the church. We celebrate everything that was given to us. We celebrate Jesus in all of us, living and moving amongst this earth. And it's a wonderful time to look back and remember. I just want to go on a little bit of a memory lane today, if you like, to remind us of the release of the amazing power of God. But before we get to Pentecost, I want to look back to when Jesus first put out an invitation to the disciples to walk a naturally supernatural life with him. You see, Jesus had been baptized by John the Baptist and the Spirit had ascended on him. And then he went out and he went out to find a team of men, ordinary men, to change their world upside down and inside out, to... Let them know that the release of the Holy Spirit would be given to them, that there's a promise on their life, and they would become something different from the ordinary that they were experiencing. And we pick the story up in Mark 1, verses 16 to 18. There's Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, walking by the Sea of Galilee. And he looks out, and this is what it says. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. He called them out of a very ordinary situation. You see, their dads and their dads before them had been fishermen. It was the family business. It's what they were used to. But Jesus came along filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and said, Come away from that. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There was a promise given there. And we're going to look how that promise unfolds through the release of the power of the Holy Spirit. They were given a promise of something more to come. And I love what it says, that once they left the nets and followed him, because that was a better option, that they were drawn to him, that something different was going to happen, something was going to break out of their ordinary into something supernatural and extraordinary. Come, leave the ordinary and follow me, because there's more. I will give you more and for three and a half years they went about with Jesus and they saw the most miraculous of things didn't they think of all the miracles we read about in the bible all the healings they saw the power at work in and through Jesus they saw lives changed they saw people set free they saw incredible things blind eyes opened dead men raised they saw all this and they walked with him hand in hand for three and a half years but they were still waiting on a promise Because what they'd seen this far was that Jesus was the fisher of men, that he would draw all men to himself. But at one point, there would be a release when they would be the fishers of men. They would be his sent out ones. They would draw people in. And there was a promise on their lives for three and a half years. And then you imagine what happened. When the, resurrection, the death and the resurrection came, something Jesus had often talked about to his disciples, and they probably didn't really understand what he meant and what would happen. But when that t- time came, and he died and he rose again, and then he showed himself to them. We're going to look at what happens in Acts 1, verses 3 to 5, when they're sat with the resurrected Christ. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're sitting with the resurrected Christ The one who they'd followed in his ministry for over three and a half years. And they sit and he says, if you just wait in Jerusalem, if you just stay here, I'm going to give you something that my father has promised that will change your world upside down and inside out. I will show you something so magnificent that you won't believe your eyes when you see it. But something greater is going to come than what you see now. Something more is coming. But you have to wait. There was a question mark there. Will you wait? Will you wait for what's gonna come? Will you wait to see the fulfillment of the promise? You see, I called you to be fishers of men. Will you wait to see what happens? Will you stay in Jerusalem? Did they really understand what Jesus was saying to them? But you see, Jesus had spoken of the Holy Spirit prior to this with the disciples he said you know it's better that I go because I will send the advocate I would send the comforter I will send one that will give you peace I will send one that would lead you on in your life I will send more than but they probably didn't really understand that because they'd walked around with flesh and blood of God with skin on and they knew who this Jesus was and they loved that but Jesus was saying there's something better coming because when the Holy Spirit comes it's not confined to one man it's given to all men That when the Holy Spirit comes, more power is activated, more things can happen because each person carries that dunamis power of the Holy Spirit and walks it into every situation in their lives. That there's no containment. But they probably didn't understand it. But he says, if you just wait, if you just wait on the promise, how often do we not wait on the promise and make up our own version of the promised? well, it hasn't happened yet and it should have gone this way and therefore I am going to position myself in order for me to get what I am after and it's not the promise of God and it's second best and it's second hand and it's not what he promised. But they chose to wait on the promise. They chose to trust him at his word that it's better that I go because I'm sending something else that's better. They chose to say, we've always communicated with you this way, Jesus. We've always been in your presence this way, but we will choose to wait on something. Sometimes we've got to get in his presence another way, church. Sometimes we've got to listen for something more. Sometimes we've got to wait and hear what he's saying in that moment and not put him in that box of how he's always spoken because he wants to break out of that. Spirit, break out. They had to change the way that they were used to connecting and receiving from Jesus in order to receive the promise and wait for the more. If you wait, you will receive the promise. Acts 1, verses 8 to 9. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Imagine that moment. Sometimes I like to get so in the story and imagine what I would feel like in that moment. And then he says that you'll receive power, and then he's gone. And then they had an opportunity, they had a decision to make in their hearts. Will we wait? They didn't know what they were waiting for. You see, we read the story and think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be in there. I'd be waiting for the Holy Spirit. I want the tongues of fire. I want that power to come down. Yeah, I'd wait on it. But they didn't even know what they were waiting for. Yet they chose to position themselves to wait anyway. And it wasn't a matter of waiting for five minutes. You know, we're so impatient, aren't we? You queue up at McDonald's and they haven't got your order there and you have to park in the red square. Oh, man, that's frustrating, isn't it? That's for a burger. What on earth? Not buried, I sound like, Barry, don't I? There we go. There you go, Barry. That's for you. And, and yet, I think we know what we're waiting for when we wait on his presence. And they didn't know. But they positioned themselves and they readied themselves for something else. You know, Bible scholars say it was 10 days of waiting in the upper room before the Holy Spirit was poured out. 10 days. 120 people. I wonder at the beginning, were there more people? Had they given up in the waiting? They got fed up of having the meals together? What were they doing? Did they go away? I think, oh, I wish I had waited. But those that waited. And I like to imagine what was the scene. You see, what did they talk about? I wonder if there was memories of all that Jesus did. I wonder if they shared their stories of the miraculous and what he'd said to them. They talked about the excitement of what was to come. What are we waiting on? What is this promise he's told us about? What is this Holy Spirit? I think there was all sorts of stuff going on, probably prayer, probably some sang. They probably made meals together. They communicated together. They were in fellowship together. And they were there and they waited. And when we wait on the Spirit of God, he always shows up. When we wait for his presence, he always comes in power. You know, you look around the world today and I said to you, who's the most powerful people on the planet? You might say the ones who hold keys to government. You might say the ones who are in charge of nations, the ones who hold all the wealth, the ones who make the decisions. But the most powerful people on the planet are you and I are Christians, because we have the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit living within us. And if only we believe he is who he says he is, and we trust that he can do what he says he can do, and we rise up in that faith, in the power of his word, we can do everything that the Bible says we can do. And it's time to raise up in that church. I want to stir something within you this morning that says there is more, there is more, and to release that dunamis fire and power of God that is living within you. Are you waiting on his voice today, church, for your next move, for the next thing he's calling you to do? Are you listening to hear what he's saying when he tells you to go, when he tells you to wait, when he says listen? Are we waiting on his voice? Do you need a reminder of the power of the Holy Spirit again today to stir you up? Or are you just on cruise control? Many cars today have cruise control. Set it, you're just at that same speed. But I want to say, no, let's stick it in first and go through second. Let's get it up to fifth gear this morning. Let's rev it a bit. Let's go through. Let's not get stuck on cruise control because there's always more in God. I want to encourage you in that this morning. And I want to remind you of the power of the Holy Spirit because... I don't know about you, but there's been so many moments in my life when I have just known his power at work in me. I've known he's told me to say something and I've said that over someone and it's broken a release. He's told me when to pray for someone, when to not say anything. And there's so many stories and as I was preparing this message, he reminded me of a few stories and I want to share with you because I want to bear witness to them. Can I get a witness in the house today? Come on, I want to get a witness. Because when we encourage each other in the stories of the Holy Spirit, something happens because it stirs something up in you and then it stirs it in you and the power of the Holy Spirit you know I know the times in my life when I've been at my absolute lowest and his power has come in and flooded my heart I know the times in impossible situations when you look in the natural at something and you think God that can never be made right and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and he turns that darkness into light. He changes people's lives. I've seen people at their lowest point and you think, God, what can happen in that situation? And yet I pray and the power of God is released and stuff is changed around And because I've stood on his word and it didn't happen in the five minutes and it didn't happen when I would have liked it to happen, but when I waited on the presence of God and I waited on the spirit of God and at his time, his promises were yes and amen and release comes and Victory comes and breakthrough comes and they're the stories that I have seen. I've laid hands on people who are sick and they've been made well. I've seen doctors' reports where people have said, I have got this, that, and the other, and then they go back and the doctor's like, oh, sorry, we've lost your notes somewhere here. They can't be your notes because that's the power of my God that can change and heal situations. We pray in our church for a little boy called Solomon who's got a heart issue, and yet he's been released from hospital because God has done his wonder-working power of healing that little boy's heart. This is my God. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember something quite miraculous that happened when Dan and I were on holiday together. And yeah, there's so many stories of our holidays. Where do we go with that? But this was a really good one. Um, We'd always find when we go on holiday that you'd have more opportunity to pray together and chat about life and, and just say, God, what's next for us? Because you haven't got the distractions of work and life and different things. And so we'd always have this opportunity to pray. And one night we were praying and we had an amazing time of just seeking God's face. And we both felt there were certain changes we need to make to move forward into the next season of our lives. And so this word change kept coming up. We finished praying. We were going out for dinner. This was about midweek into the holiday. And every night I'd go out, have my shower, you know, been in the beach all day, wash the sun cream off, all that go and have my shower. And I came out of the shower and the room would always steam up terribly. <laughs> and I came out and I looked on the mirror and this is the absolute truth because I'm going to bear a witness to it. The word change was written on the mirror. And I asked Dan, did you write that on the mirror? Which he said, no, I really didn't. But I know that was the Holy Spirit. I know that was God. And that was confirmation written on that mirror. You know, if I'd had a camera phone back, then I'd probably take a picture of it. <laughs> but it's that I want to bear witness of that. That happened. And then something that happened a few years ago on Pentecost, funny enough, when all the churches come together, like this evening, and you pray. Dan was on the prayer team. And this lady came forward for prayer. And he started to pray for this lady, And she do brief conversation. He lay hands. He was praying for her. And then the Holy Spirit said to him, I just want you to pray in tongues over her. He's like, okay. Who knows when you stand and pray in tongues over someone, like two minutes can feel like 10 hours. You're just like, I'm just praying tongues. I'm just going to keep praying tongues. Okay. Did it. And Holy Spirit gets saying, keep going. Keep praying over her. Keep praying over her. Keep praying over her. He said, I was there about seven minutes. Just prayed over her. He looked up at this woman. Tears were rolling down her face. and She could hardly speak to him. And he looked up, he said, You okay? She said, Wow, you've just spoken Hebrew over me. I speak Hebrew every word. You've just spoken my life to me. How how did you even know that? She was completely bowled over by the power of God. Dan has never learnt Hebrew, he cannot speak Hebrew. But the power of God, when he was obedient to the word of God and he spoke out, (laughs) and the Holy Spirit did something in that woman that she will never, ever forget. If we just would engage with the power of the Holy Spirit, if we would just wait when he says wait, if we would just speak when he says speak, if we would decide to listen and not dismiss stuff because, oh, that's too simple or that's too wacky. But if we just decide to say, I will do what the Spirit tells me and I will wait. And I know you've got many stories like that. But I want to say to you today, there's more. There's more when we engage with him. There is more. And I believe for the more and the outcoming and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe we haven't seen all that there is to see. And I believe that hope of the word in the Bible. In John 14, verses 12 to 14. Very truly, Jesus speaking, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Greater things, church. Greater things. We're living in the time of greater things. Can we engage more with the Holy Spirit? Can we go full throttle? No matter what it looks like, just go, I'm going for it. For you, Lord Jesus. So the disciples waited 10 days in the upper room. A time of reflection, a time of prayer, a time of waiting. I believe it's a time of emptying out of themselves in order to be filled with something of God. And as they waited, then the moment came. Then a suddenly came. Then the promise arrived. What they'd hoped of, what they waited on, it then happened in Acts 2 verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came. It probably wasn't what they expected. But when it came, it changed things. When it came, there was an outpouring. They went out onto the streets and people were in awe of what happened. They looked on and things changed. They waited and the outpouring came. And what happened then? Peter spoke and 3,000 people Follow Jesus. The church was birthed. Miracles happened. Prison doors were flung open. Earthquakes happened. Prophecies were given. Angels were seen. Healings took place. The miraculous outpouring. And at that point, the promise that Jesus had given them three and a half years prior, I will make you fishers of men started to happen because the church was born and men and women came in and children there was a fire about the place There was an expectancy about the place an outpouring had happened and people were never the same again and you're touched by the power of the Holy Spirit you are never the same again and people bore witness to it they were in awe of the many wonders in Acts 2 verses 43 everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles fishes of men Power-filled, going out. Imagine that moment. I'm going to lay hands and see that person made well. I'm going to speak of the glory of God. And the church is birthed. It was an amazing time. Daily, the Lord added to their number. People were rocked by the power of God. There's even a story that I I read, and I I remembered it from a few years ago, but in Acts um, 20, verse 8, and Paul was preaching, and Paul loved to preach. And as a preacher, you read this story and think, did God put that in the Bible just for me to read that? Because Paul <clears throat> excuse me, Paul was preaching one night, and he was preaching in a building that was three stories. And it got to the midnight hour, and he was still preaching. And the Bible even says he'd gone on and on, which I think is just hilarious, because sometimes preachers, we can go on and on, and people are like, come on, what's for lunch? But there was power in his preaching, and he'd gone on and on and on. And there was this young guy called Eutus... Don't know how that you say it, but he fell asleep when he was preaching, and he's on the third story, sat in the window of this building, and he fell asleep because Paul had gone on and on and on, and was so excited and passionate, but he fell asleep, and he fell out the window, and he fell three stories down, and he died during the preach. But what did Paul do? He went downstairs, laid hands on him, in the name of Jesus, raised up. He was healed, walked off home with his family, and it says who were very pleased. Yeah, <laughs> love that. But then I think that gives me hope and encouragement and if somebody dies during my preach there's some power to go and raise them from the dead so but I think that's good and all that was that a warning people could die if you do go on too much so don't but I'll give you the power to you know raise them from the dead but I love that in there so throw that one in for free for you little side salad there cool so but they are powerful. The church was birthed, and still 2,000 years later, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that in us and through us. And it's time to get fiery again, church. It's time to speak it like we read it. Time to believe it and have that faith. Time to lay hands. Time to step out, to say the supernatural thing, to not live natural and boring, because boring's really boring. But we want to step out and be on fire for God, to be those fiery Christians, those ones when we walk in the room that people are like, something's going to happen because they're here. We want to live in that power of the Spirit of God. But what stops us from tapping into the amazing power? What makes us know we read the Word and know we have that power, but we're driving the 1.1 popular and not the TVR? What makes us not have that drive? What happens? I think there's many reasons. I think sometimes we're not really aware of the presence and the authority and power we've been given. Sometimes life gets in the way and go from one week to the next and we think, have we really engaged with the Holy Spirit? Sometimes we feel inadequate when we've been given all authority and power. But I believe we need to empty ourselves in order to be filled again. I believe we need to say, God, I want to be emptied of all the stuff that would get in the way of me tapping into that dunamis power. I believe at times we get filled up with all sorts of things. And before we know it, if you think of like a glass filled with water, it's like there's the Holy Spirit there and the water's got on and on and on top and it's just there still there still evident still in connection with God still in a relationship still on fire still in faith but somehow the other stuff has got in the way and a lot of the time that is sin a lot of time the things that are in our lives that we are no wrong we know are wrong before God and the stuff that keeps us in that place of being contained the stuff that gets us addicted to other things and not him just is there and sometimes we just like to ignore it and keep going on and everything's fine. But there comes a time when we need to say, God, I want to be emptied of all this stuff. You know, and whatever that is, sin is such, covers an immense title of so many things. It could be wrong mindsets. It could be fear. We're so fearful all the time. And in the end, God is saying, I want to deliver you of that. So you can be filled again to overflow it. And there's stuff that gets in the way. But God will fix it because there's a greater power. God will fix it, but we have to surrender it to him. And I think even last week, we had so many amazing testimonies at the baptism. And there were people that stood on this stage and bravely said, you know, I was held in this, that, and the other, but Jesus has set me free. And there's power in that. And whatever you think is holding you, even that thing now that will be bring to mind, I know that's not quite right, but... I believe God wants to say, I want to empty that out of you today. I want to empty you out so I can refill you again, so that you are fired up and ready to go again in my dunamis power of my Holy Spirit. So it's like I want to say and pray it for myself today, Lord, empty me of all the stuff and fill me to overflowing so I can be used by you. Just fill me up with your spirit. Let me be free in that place to speak your truth, to preach your word, to go into people's lives and they can see something different about me. Can we let the Holy Spirit fire consume the sin this morning, church? To break the chains, to free us up from the stuff that holds us. Are you ready to see the more? to be more of his witness. You see, I have stories that I've shared with you today and I had a lot more, but I didn't want anyone to, you know, die during the preach. So I didn't tell them all, but there's more. But when I'm reminded of those stories, I get a bit like, but I want some more stories. I want some new ones. I want some from today. I want to be able to witness of what God is doing in my life and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And for you as well, you know, God's got so much for us, church there's so much more for us to do. There's so much more for our eyes to see. We're called to be naturally supernatural. And I want to say, will you tap in more to the presence of God today? Will you let his power be on display in and through your life? Will you choose to let go of what holds you and binds you? And even the enemy will be on your case to say, you'll always be like that. That'll always have you. But in the name of Jesus, you're free. Because as the sun sets free, is free indeed. And there is truth in the power of that word. We want to flow in all wisdom and knowledge and faith and truth and healing and the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. And he's got that for us. But I'd like to invite you to stand this morning. And I just want to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this house. He's here. His presence is here. I'd like to Pray. And I'd like us to worship, but I want to see then what God wants to do. What do you want to do this morning, oh God, that we're your people and we want to just know your will this morning, oh God. So I'm gonna pray for you. We'll just have every eye shut just to give people privacy. Hmm. Father God. I want to thank you that you are here, Lord God, that your presence is so manifest in the Holy Spirit here. We want to say we love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love that power that you have given us, your wonder-working, miraculous power that lives inside of us. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and fall afresh on your church this morning that you would just come and speak to every heart in this house afresh and anew this morning with that new fire of your spirit. Father, I want to ask, Lord God, that you would just pour out your spirit afresh on your church. And if you want to receive the more today, church, if you want to receive that filling of the Holy Spirit, just lift your hands. Lift your hands this morning. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come by your power and you'd feel every person here. You'd see the acknowledgement of the hands lifted high, Father. And you'd come by your Spirit and you'd feel to overflow in every hungry heart. We want to say, Holy Spirit, we love you and we long for you and we yearn after you. And we want to say, pull aside and pour out everything not of you in our lives. Release us from the strongholds in our lives, from the sin that is there. Release it out of us this morning, Holy Spirit. And come and refill us again with that dunamis power. That you'd stir up your church, that there is more. That there is more to see and more to do, Father. That every area of our lives that we want to just exude your presence through our lives, oh God. So come by your Spirit, fill us up, Father fill us up. Set the captives free this morning. That stuff that you feel is holding you and you can't be used in the power. I want to pray, release in Jesus' name. Release over that thing, over that stronghold, over that sinner. Release in Jesus' name. And then Spirit, you'd pour it out this morning. You'd pour out your spirit of fire to consume the stuff in our lives. You'd pour out your glory over your house this morning. You'd fill us up to overflow in this morning, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as we sing together, fullness, I want to pray be a, a song from your heart this morning to say, fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord.